right? That there's always that one, right? That comes up to you at the very end. He came to up to, uh, you know, John Stevens Aquari at the end, and he said, "Why? Like, what, what, what made you keep going?" And this is what he said. He said, "My country, Tanzania, didn't fly me five thousand miles to start the race. They flew me five thousand miles to finish the race." He just refused to quit. And that truly embodies what we're about. It's just not quitting. I don't care what it is. I don't care where you are in life. I don't care uh, the ups and downs. Look, we're all going and growing through situations. Most of us go through situations. It's important that we understand how we can grow through situations. That's the key, right? It's, it's, It's how we come out on the other side of things that are sometimes in our mindset are meant to stop us are meant to stifle our growth uh, and oftentimes those are the things that will prepare you to another level whenever I look back at situations that I thought were meant for you know to, for bad right for, to, to, to stop me from going to another level those were the, the catalysts that propelled me to another level Right. It was it was when all the family members said, hey, that's not for me. All my friends were like my boys. No, nah, I can't do that, man. Look, what business are you starting this time? It was when everybody who I thought had my back had a knife in their hand when they when they were patting me on the back. That I realized that. It was up to me. If it is to be, it was up to me. It's impossible to stop a man or woman who will not quit. We Won't Quit Podcast is designed to help entrepreneurs who are feeling stuck by limiting beliefs and procrastination. That's right. You're going to hear stories and lessons from incredible people who've overcome setbacks to comebacks because they have the mentality and they refuse to quit. Your host is none other than Mike Hughes, mailman to millionaire, the storyteller and leadership mentor, helping you shift and grow in your entrepreneurship journey. Tune in to these episodes to get real stories from real people who've had real success. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. Are you ready? Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. All right, family. Welcome to the We Won't Quit podcast. I am your host, Mike Humes. Always excited to be with you and uh, really excited this week because I actually get to go into a topic. It's just me. So you just got your boy this week. Uh by myself, right? No one wanted to come and join me this week. No, I actually, uh, <laughs> when launching the podcast, my thought process was uh, more or less to really be able to to share uh, in detail what We Won't Quit means in between some of the different guests that uh, we're able to have on the show. And so for the last you know month, even Prior to launching, folks have been asking me, well, where'd you get We Won't Quit from? And those who know me uh, or have watched me train or seen me speak have always known that my quote is, it's impossible to stop a man or woman who will not quit, right? For the last two decades, whether it's a crowd of 10 or 10,000, whether it's, you know, in someone's living room or at the MGM Grand, right? I've been, you know, blessed to really share uh, my quote and what it means and coming from where I came from. And really how uh, I've been able to live and embody that quote and be inspired by so many other people uh, who just refuse to quit. And so that's really the essence of We Won't Quit. I'll never forget writing that uh, in my plan. Or actually, that's not what I wrote. I wrote my quote. It's impossible to stop a man or woman who will not quit. As I was uh, journeying into entrepreneurship, I was an entrepreneur. I was working 70, 80 hours a week as a postal worker. And I was trying to find my way out of that job, right? I knew 
at some point I knew my day job was not my destiny. Right. And so I was trying to find my way out of that career and I uh, had a bunch of appointments set up. Right. I paid some of my, my partners, my fellow coworkers uh, to, to deliver some of my mail for me. Right. Take part in my postal route and all of my appointments quit. So not only am I out of the money that I spent, uh, but I'm also, uh, you know, wasn't going to bring in any additional revenue right into the into my business. And I remember writing in that uh, in my calendar. Right. That's got to be an episode two. that journal from May of 1999. I gonna have to bring that out. So we'll get we'll get more into that then. But what I wrote in there was, Mike, you can't quit. Right. I was talking to myself and I just said, hey, you can't quit. Right. I filled it in just like it was another appointment. And it kind of evolved to. Uh, you know, you can't stop a person who won't quit. You can't stop a man who won't quit. And of course the lady said, what about us? And it became, it's impossible to stop a man, a woman who will not quit. So that's a little context there as to the quote. But when we think about folks who don't quit, oftentimes because we're a sports driven society, uh, it's easy for us to look at uh, it at sports, right? Uh, and look at folks who don't give up, right? We know that we have the playoffs going on right now. So no matter who you're rooting for, uh, who you like, right? Uh, in any particular sports, but we know the NFL uh, playoffs are going on right now. You know, folks are playing until the last bell. Some, it'll be the last time they ever get a chance to play competitively uh, because they won't even get a chance to to compete again next year, right? Life is going to take place. Life is going to happen. For others, they'll be on another team. So you never know when you'll get a chance to be back in the playoffs, right? You hear all the time from athletes who aspire to get to that ultimate level. Some achieve it in their very first season and then they never get back. And their mindset is they expected to be back over and over. It would be it would be just that easy to repeat. Uh, and it never happens. And so uh, but it's something to be said about those who don't quit, you know, who who get to a certain place in life, a point in life. And they just decide, you know what? And listen, it's easy to give up. The easiest thing we can do is quit. Uh, and so I wanted to make sure that we we kind of broke that down a little more in detail. And so as I was breaking it down, I was doing some research and I heard about a runner. Right. I'm, I'm a huge sports fan, as as I've already said. And I heard about this guy who I'd never heard about before in my life, right? I've gone to the Olympics. I went to the Rio Olympics. Um, what was that, 2016? I think Rio was 2016. Yeah, I think it was 2016. Amazing experience being in Rio. Yeah, it's every four years, so it had to be 2016. Uh, the Summer Olympics in Rio. It's hard to remember because, you know, we had the pandemic in 2020, so Olympics was kind of, you know, didn't really take place the same. But in... Uh, 2016 had an opportunity to travel to Rio and experience the Olympics. And what I'll never forget was the track and field. I'll never forget uh, just the experience of being able to walk through the streets of, of, of Brazil and uh, to be able to, to walk into that arena, the stadium, to be able to see uh, Usain Bolt and so many other great athletes compete. Uh, and to think, man, if they, I mean, for four years, they work to get to this point for four years, right? You're training. And sometimes, you know, your, your time is only a second off than what it was, right? But you constantly, that one second makes the difference between uh, first place and sometimes fourth place, right? You think about that, right? Um, but there was a runner I'd never heard about who was actually uh, like the very first uh, East African to ever win, right? The first African to win a marathon and his name was a, a baby Bakila, right? Some of you probably already familiar with a baby Bakila. Uh, and I, it, it, it is crazy why his story isn't known a lot more just because of what he accomplished and uh, 
you know, just how he went about becoming a world champion. And so for those who don't know the story, to give it a little more context, he's from Ethiopia. And during that time, uh, first of all, Ethiopia is like one of two, I believe it's one of two uh, countries, the other being Liberia, uh, that have never been colonized, right? Or fallen under uh, African countries, rather, that have never fallen under colonization. So for colonization, of course, is the discovery or, or conquest of a settlement, uh, you know, of one particular body over another, right? That's not bad for a fifth-year sophomore, right? I know my folks think I don't know a little something-something, but, I mean, of course, we can Google anything, right? But <laughs> here's what's funny, though. When I when I looked that up and as I was thinking about uh, a baby Bakila and understanding his story, we see athletes today start training. I mean, as, man, almost as toddlers, right? We have them out there running. We have them in AAU. We have them in, you know, peewee league, right? I played ball from the time I can remember, right? And I mean, all sports, baseball, basketball, football, right? And this gentleman didn't start running until he was 24. Didn't start till he was 24. And going back to his country, right? Although uh, he didn't start till he was 24, he's, he's the son of a shepherd. And so in Ethiopia, growing up the son of a shepherd, you know, spending a lot of that time uh, on, you had Italy, you had the Italian rule trying to, you know, take over. Ethiopia during that time. And, uh, and so he spent a chunk of his life almost, you know, in, in, in the outskirts of Ethiopia or trying to avoid their rule, uh, so to speak. Uh, well, Italy occupied Ethiopia from 1936 to 1941. And a lot of scholars don't really consider it colonized, them being colonized simply because, uh, you know, they were able to regain their country in its totality, and Haley Selassie was able to uh, sit back on the Ethiopian throne back in 1941. So giving that some context, right? And I only say bring up Italy in that whole context is because this gentleman competed in the 1960 Olympics in Rome, right? So think about this. Gentleman didn't start running until he was 24. 24 years of age, didn't start running. He had saw races that had taken place and said, you know what? I want to do that. Started running at 24. They realized he had a gift of endurance. He could run. Didn't make the Olympic team. He didn't even make the team, right, for 1960. It wasn't until one of his fellow countrymen broke his foot, right, while playing football, that he was selected to even be on the team. It's crazy to think about it, right? He's a last-minute replacement, right? If, if, if it's the NFL, he's on the practice squad, and we know right now those on the practice squad, even in the playoffs, some of them don't even get paid. Right? I think we just read about Dak Prescott uh, having uh, fellow uh, teammates just chip in $500 a piece to just pay the practice squad uh, Cowboy fans. Right. I mean, Cowboy fans look so many Cowboy fans out here, but pay the, the, the Cowboy those players. Right? He had his fellow teammates to do it. So here's here's the point. This gentleman didn't start. He was 24, barely made the team. And so. Uh, they're trying to fit him for a shoe, right, for the race. It's kind of last minute. And all of the shoes that they fitted him for were uncomfortable to him. Every single shoe. He said, I can't race in this. I can't race in that. It's just, you know, it's size 13, I believe, is his foot. So not too abnormal, right, for someone who's a runner. But none of the shoes felt comfortable. He was uncomfortable. And, I mean, you're talking about 26 miles. 
So this gentleman, a baby Bakila, made had the audacity to run the race barefoot, to run 26 miles barefoot. Like, just think about that. First of all, let's just think about running 26 miles. All right, that's not going to work for me. <laughs> that's not going to work for me. Uh, but this gentleman ran 26 miles barefoot. And what makes his story uh, so amazing is not only making a team last minute, uh, not only getting a chance to run, but running in Rome. Running in a place that at one point was looking to and actually did occupy his country. I mean, just think about that. So he goes to the Olympics, 1960, right? He's in, in Rome, and um, he's competing. He's the only one there barefoot, right? No one's running barefoot. Now think about uh, the fact as well that the race, this is the last actual competition in the Olympics because it's, it's so grueling, it's so long, right? 42 kilometers, 26 point some odd miles. And in Rome, I've been to Rome, had the ability, uh, to, you know, had opportunities to travel to Italy. It's, you know, beautiful uh, to see the Colosseum, to, to go, you know, it's the, the cobblestones are just amazing, right? The streets are so narrow and, and, and you know, Healy is just up and down. I can't imagine. It was, I was clipping up walking through the city, right, with, with my Gucci's on, right? <laughs> this guy is running 26 miles barefoot. No one knew who he was. And he's... You know, running past uh, stone obelisks, right? Which these these mountain, these monuments, rather, right? That were literally stolen from his country, from Italy, right? And he's he's running past this and being inspired by it. And so, if you look it up, you'll see it, right? It just blew me away to watch him run twenty six miles, and not just start the race, but finish the race and win the race and set an Olympic record, right? Two hours, 15 minutes, and 16 seconds is the time that a baby Bakila finished the Olympics ahead of everybody else. And he was still had, he still had energy. I mean, he was bouncing around and, you know, one Italian uh, newspaper wrote that it took Mussolini, uh, it took Mussolini's whole army to conquer Ethiopia, but it took one barefoot Ethiopian to conquer Rome. All right, just think about the power in that. And here's what he said. He said, I wanted the whole world to know that my country, Ethiopia, has always won with determination and heroism. All right, he just, he just refused to quit. Now, look, he went on the following year, the following Olympics, rather, to do it again. Broke his own record. This time wearing shoes. Right? Four years later, this gentleman started running at 24, won the Olympics at 28, right, just four years in and continued to be a world champion and was the first back-to-back -back winner as well, right? That had never happened. I'm not even sure to date. I'd have to look that up. Someone can look that up. How, you know, how many folks have won it back-to-back? -back. But this gentleman literally won the race, and he broke his own record. Second time, two hours, 12 minutes, and 11 seconds is what it took him to cross the finish line. Wearing shoes. But how powerful is that when you think about the things that we could accomplish that we don't set out to do? Because being the first East African to do it, the first you know, man of color to cross that finish line and become a world champion, do you know how many people he inspired to become runners? 
right? We look at Tiger Woods and we look at what he accomplished and, and how many, uh, you know, future golfers came about as a result of seeing him, right? The commercials with Nike, I am Tiger Woods, right? Like Mike, right? All the commercials that we saw, I want to be like Mike, right? Just growing up, for me, that was just something obviously named Mike, but seeing that over and over and over. And so it's, it's amazing the things that we can accomplish if we refuse to quit. And so that's really uh, how this came about. It was a thought process behind not quitting, behind you know taking things to an entirely different level for ourselves and our life uh, and knowing where we want to go. Here's the thing. He actually competed in the 1968 Mexico City Olympics to actually win for a third time. Like he was going to become a, a, a three-time world champion. And if we really want to get into someone who didn't quit, we could go to this story, right? Because a baby Bakila didn't finish the race. He actually broke a bone in his foot. I think it was about the 10 kilometer point. And his fellow countrymen from Ethiopia, Mama Waldi, uh, or Walda, Mama Walda, right? I'm sure I'm, I'm probably not pronouncing that uh, accurately, but uh, he won the race. His fellow countrymen won that race, a good friend of uh, Abebe Bakila's. But you know who the most famous person from that race in Mexico City was? It wasn't Mama Walda, and it wasn't Abebe Bakila, who had won twice. It was the gentleman who finished last. It was the gentleman who finished the race last, the one who truly embodied that it's impossible to stop a man or woman who will not quit. And that person, most people are familiar with, right? John Stevens Aquari. Most people are familiar with John Stevens Aquari's story simply because he never gave up. He refused to quit. You know, 42 kilometers, right? We already know. It was 75 runners. 18 quit, right? Because of the heat. The altitude didn't start the race till after 530 because of the, the heat. They, they talk about how many records were broken uh, or set and how many runners and sprinters and jumpers were able to take advantage of the high altitude uh, you know, to, to really help uh, help boost their performance, if you will. But when you're talking about long distance running, that high altitude is not playing nice, right? It ain't playing fair. It's not helping them. And John Stevens Aquari collides with another runner. It's at the 19th kilometer. He dislocates his knee, hurts his shoulder, hurts his head, right? Stops, gets bandaged up. Mama Waldi, I mentioned he, he won the race in two hours, 20 minutes, and, and 26 seconds. John Stevens Aquari just said, hey, I refuse to quit. And he kept running. They had actually already awarded the gold, silver, and bronze medals. The Olympics is over, right? They, this is the last event, so it's already concluded. They've already given the medals out during the closing ceremony, right? It's done. And this gentleman who fell dislocating his knee, refused to stop running, refused to quit. He said, you know, my parents didn't raise, didn't raise someone to, you know, to give in. He said, I refuse to be the 19th, right, when he was asked the question. And so an hour later, you know, news reporters get wind that there's a competitor that's still out there running. So, you know, they got the lights around him trying to, uh, you know, assist him in his journey toward the finish line. Some of the spectators come back because they realize there's another competitor that's still out there. You know, word starts to spread. And so in the arena, if you if you take a look at it, right, you can YouTube it. You'll see, right, the crowd as they're there gathering uh, back just so they can salute this gentleman who's oftentimes walking, but he's still, you know, running. He's bandaged up. 
and he's making his way into the arena. And, it, and it's the end of the story for me that's the most powerful. It's because of what he said. It's what he said at the end. When that one reporter, right, that there's always that one, right, that comes up to you at the very end. He came to up to, uh, you know, John Stevens Aquari at the end, and he said, why? Like, what, what, what made you keep going? And this is what he said. He said, my country, Tanzania, didn't fly me 5,000 miles to start the race. They flew me 5,000 miles to finish the race. He just refused to quit. And that truly embodies what we're about. It's just not quitting. I don't care what it is. I don't care where you are in life. I don't care uh, the ups and downs. Look, we're all going and growing through situations. Most of us go through situations. It's important that we understand how we can grow through situations. That's the key, right? It's, it's, it's how we come out on the other side of things that are sometimes in our mindset are meant to stop us, are meant to stifle our growth. Uh, and oftentimes those are the things that will prepare you to another level. Whenever I look back at situations that I thought were meant for, you know, to, for bad, right, for, to, to, to stop me from going to another level, those were the, the catalysts that propelled me to another level. Right. It was it was when all the family members said, hey, that's not for me. All my friends were like my boys. No, nah, I can't do that, man. Look, what business are you starting this time? It was when everybody who I thought had my back had a knife in their hand when they when they were patting me on the back. That I realized that. It was up to me, if it is to be, it was up to me that it was it was going to take me becoming that person uh, who just refused to give in. Who refused to quit. Thus, it's impossible to stop a man or woman who will not quit. So that's really it, family. What is it this week that you can refuse to quit on? What is it this week that you can that you can just look and say, you know what? I'm gonna go back at that thing one more time. I'm gonna make a decision to to give it one more go. I'm not going to quit. Didn't get the score you wanted on that exam, that test. I'm going to do it again. Apply for a new position on your job. Didn't get it. When it opens again, I'm going to reapply for it. Tried a business, failed it. I'm going to try it again. Maybe didn't, you know, respond or, or didn't react rather to a situation with your, your loved ones or your kids and, and, Go back and, and do it again. That's the beauty of being able to be given the next day. I mean, given another opportunity to do things over again, right? So we can come back and do it better. So, yeah, you just got me this week. And hopefully the story has been impactful for you to understand that uh, the only way you can fail is to quit. But it's truly impossible to stop a man or woman who will not quit. All right, family, look forward to seeing you next week. This has been another episode. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share uh, this information, this content. If it's been beneficial to you, if you're driving, if you, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, uh, know that this wasn't my plan, right? Understand this wasn't part of it. I've, I've done well, right? Sitting behind a microphone, rambling, right? Traveling to studios or whether it's in my basement or in different parts of the country, finding and identifying folks who, who truly uh, have inspired me uh, so much so that I want to get their stories out and allow you to be able to glean from their knowledge and their wisdom 
uh, of just never giving up, never giving in. And know that you have a story inside of you. Because no one could have told me growing up the way I grew up. No one could have told me being a C student. No one could have told me, right, um, you know, barely graduating uh, as far as I'm concerned, right, going to the, uh, the, the, the local college, fifth year sophomore, becoming a mailman, knowing that that's what I was going to do for the next 40, 50 years. No one could have told me that I would be able to, you know, earn a seven-figure income and be the youngest to accomplish that in a, in a company that's valued at, you know, now billions of dollars. No one could have told me that that could have happened for me, right? Because I don't have that piece of paper on the wall that society says we need, right? I believe it was Malcolm X who, when he was asked, what's his alma mater? He said, my alma mater is, my alma mater is books, right? So there's nothing you can't go out and look and learn and grow. And now, of course, even listen to via podcast, via so many different ways and avenues to be able to gain the knowledge, the information that someone else has laid out for you to be able to take yourself to an entirely different level. So let's go get it. Let's become better. Let's become stronger. And let's make it happen. All right, family, God bless. Another episode, We Won't Quit Podcast. Look forward to seeing you soon. Take care. Hey, family, you got to go to the website and check out Jack Design, Just Everyday Creativity. I've known John Cook since he started this company at 14, but I've known him his entire life. He's been an artist his entire life. He's just 15 years of age. And Just Everyday Creativity or Jack Design isn't just an apparel company. It's an action. It's an attitude. It's an attribute. Because this young man puts his heart and soul into the apparel that we get a chance to wear. Whether it's the Empathy Collection. You feel me? I love that piece. Or whether it's the Masterpiece Collection, the one I'm rocking right now. Go check out the website. Don't forget to put Don't Quit 22 in the checkout and get a discount. Jack Design.